Hey guys, this is Thomas Brown, and welcome to the Thomas Vision Podcast. I'm a filmmaker currently based in Atlanta, and this podcast consists of conversations with the professionals I meet along the way. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, today, we have a really special guest. We have Toke, owner of Swade Studio in, uh, here in Buckhead, uh, Georgia. Um, she is a venue owner. She is a planner. She is an architect <laughs> and uh, probably one of the most wonderful and pleasant people and genuine people that I've ever met. So, Toke, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. So, Toke, I mean, I, I guess we just have to kind of start things off with your story. And tell me about your life as an architect. Um, I, I wish it was a straight and narrow path, but um, I've always known I wanted to be an architect, I think from growing up, it was the perfect balance between being an artist and being an engineer. So my dad was an engineer and I loved the arts. Um, I had an uncle that was an architect and he would build like these house models and I, I just fell in love with it. I was good at math and I was good at painting. And as Nigerian parents would say, you cannot be a pinta. Um, so it was sort of my way of- What is that? What is that? What does well, that mean? Well, they just feel like, um, you don't need to turn a passion, a, a, a skill that you could, you, since I already have the skills of painting, mm -hmm. why go to school and study it? Okay. And I think that was just their mindset then. I mean, a lot has changed now, mm -hmm. but then they saw it as, well, you already know how to draw, you already know how to paint. Why would you go to school to study that? And I don't think they knew then that people could make like a living off mm -hmm. of that. It wasn't seen as a profession. Yeah. So... I was supposed to go to school for engineering, but somewhere along the lines, when I was introduced to technical drawing, it was a way of me bringing my art into um, engineering. So architecture was like that even medium. So um, when I first came to college, I actually signed up for engineering. But mm -hmm. A year in, I switched my major to You know, I did the same thing. I oh, left yeah? for engineering when I first wow. signed up. I did it in high school. Okay. And then I switched over to uh, film. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think um, I was going to study civil engineering mm -hmm. and uh, I changed my major to architecture. Even my advisors were like, yeah, it's probably a good path for you. And uh, when I got to architecture school, the first year was just art. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, this is awesome. And then it got technical. Yeah. So I think I've always just known that I was going to be an architect. Now, the events, on the other hand. I just saw that as what I liked to do. I was just always the social person. I would always like people over and I would host and I would plan stuff for people. I'll go to their house and help them host. And somewhere along the lines when I was transitioning in my profession, I think the company I was working for was sort of, you know, falling apart mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. And I was trying to figure out, okay, am I going to go freelance or am I going to apply to another um company to work in during that time i think i had a friend who was planning their wedding and nigerians try to plan their wedding in mm. three months <laughs> and someone's like oh i know toke she she's awesome she could help you do this like that and i did and from that wedding what was this was this in this was in atlanta, atlanta. this was in 2014 mm. maybe 13 um and i pulled off their wedding in three months from that wedding, I mean, they had a wedding of 300 plus people. 
So I think everyone would just ask, oh, who did your wedding? And then she'll refer me and someone else who was there like, oh, who did your wedding? And I just started having people reaching out to me to host stuff for them. And then I hosted someone else's 500 guest wedding. And I think that was when it was kind of like, this is yeah. your thing. Yeah. It was zero effort for me um, in terms of figuring things out. Like I had no knowledge. Yeah. But it just came natural. And, and I, I, I wanted to ask you about that from an architect standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to kind of drift in from your architect <laughs> stage into the weddings. And I'm glad yes. you kind of told us what was like kind of the first step into it. But walk me through the mindset um, now, what kind of were you doing building, you know, architecture residential or residential? Mm -hmm. So what what's the kind of mindset that you have? Do you have when you are starting a project as okay. an architect, like on a house or something like that? Um, I think there are phases mm -hmm. when it comes to residential design or any form of architecture. You always have to start with a concept. Mm -hmm. And then you've got to think of how it comes together. And then you go on to the details and then you execute. Um, with the way things are structured, there are a lot of people that do get involved in different stages. Mm -hmm. um, but the architecture kind of has to, the, <laughs> the architect has to kind of think of each stage while they're designing to be able to get to that final stage. Because of course we have civil engineers that come in at some point, we've got structural engineers and electric, um, electrical engineers that come in in different phases, contractors. But with everything that we do, we've got to think of, well, how are they gonna put it together? Or we, we try to. <laughs> so when I'm thinking of designing, so I did residential design and remodeling for about three years. And at that point, we're one, solving a problem. So client comes to us, They've got an issue. I don't know. Their kitchen is not functional or their house doesn't flow well. So we look at the entirety of it and we try to figure out a concept. Okay, your style is rustic, you know, and you want flow. So we address the entirety of it, but then we start putting the details in while thinking about the execution. So if that were to f be flipped over into events, it's kind of the same underlining tone. We've got a, a problem that we're trying to solve which is getting you down the aisle <laughs> or throwing a birthday bash and we've got to think about the whole thing in terms of what is the experience that we want people to have on that day in architecture is what's the experience we want people to have in the space mm -hmm. so I think maybe that's why it was sort of norm to me yeah. mm -hmm. um, in terms of those details because I didn't have any education in planning or any events and design but I had it with architecture and with designing and with um, working with contractors to go through the construction process and then when you get into the nitty-gritties we're talking about details now I'm looking for a floral designer to make pretty flowers or a lighting guy and that's where we're pulling in like the trades to do whether it's tile work or um, roofing or landscaping is like the detail component mm. um, but we generally have to think of all of that in mind from jump when we're kind of figuring out the whole design process so yeah. sounds lengthy but no um, no I, 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 I really <laughs> appreciate the connection yeah. you know when you come into a wedding you have to deal with the you know videographers photographers mm -hmm. floral designers yeah. you know to the lighting yeah. you know 
Um, so that is uh, really interesting. Now, how did you come about wanting to have your own venue? What was that like? Honestly, I didn't think about it. Mm. I think that fast rewind a year or two before I had felt there were some opportunities that I didn't like grab a hold of. Mm -hmm. I missed and I had just told myself like, man, next time I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to jump in and what's the worst that could happen? I'll end up right where I started. Um, so when the venue opportunity came, I I didn't think <laughs> I, I knew the previous owner and she was leaving. And I think I had casually said it in a conversation at that time. I think me and my husband had said it in a conversation like, hey, if you're ever looking for uh, a partner or someone like Toga is really good at this. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Then and then I bumped into her in the grocery store and she's like, oh, we guys serious. And I'm like, yeah. And then I did. It probably didn't even hit like three months into it. Like, wait, hold up. I'm buying a venue, you know, and yeah. I'm getting into a long-term commitment in a space. And at that time, I was still, I, I went freelance. So I was a freelance designer in architectural, um, in my architect world. And I just thought, oh, now I've got a location and I'll host events here. And I think over the year, it kind of became a half and half thing where I was, you know, partially an architect and partially designing and doing events. And then before I knew it, I'm like, wait, this is, this, this is serious. <laughs> this is a whole business. And I slowly faded out. Um, I still do a few projects just to retain clients and people referring. You never want to let down. Um, but I don't, I don't advertise myself. I don't push the architecture because it's, it's a whole business. And I don't know how I got here. <laughs> I just kept taking little steps yeah now that you're in so i i used to do as you know uh events at that venue before you yes. uh, purchased it and um I, I really love you know what you've done i'm not saying that just because you're here uh, but you. i definitely <laughs> i have um what have you i guess learned about yourself now that you've been you know, uh, you've been an architect for, you know, years now. You've been a planner uh, for years now. And now you've been, has it been two years now since you've owned? Yeah, this is venue, three years. Um, this is Studios? the third year Third now. year, yeah. So what, what have you learned about yourself now, you know, in having this space that you didn't know about yourself before? <laughs> a lot. For one, I would say that the biggest thing I've learned about myself is I take things personally <laughs> and I've always like, I don't care. I've always been that girl. Like, ah, it doesn't bother me. No, it does. And as every book I've read, don't take it's business. It's not personal, not in my field. I don't know who these people were writing to, but it was not with events. It wasn't with architects. We're in people's personal life. We're handling their most important day. I take things personally and I didn't know that about myself before. So generally I think when I approach people, it's almost like I'm taking it on for myself and I've got something to prove and whether it goes great or it doesn't, it affects me negatively or positively I'm working on it. But that's something I learned about myself that it is personal for me. And I think it's probably a combination of 
the reason why I do what I do. I'm not doing it just to be a boss. Um, I did it because I really wanted to have an impact in people's lives. Even with any other thing that I've done, I, I like to make people remember me. I like to have an impact. I like to leave a memory and that's personal for me. So it, it shows in what I do and how I respond to people. Um, the efforts that I put in, I could go above and beyond or kind of be personal. Like oh, I ain't doing that. But that is one thing I learned a lot. And then on the flip side, I also learned that um, you cannot do it by yourself. And I think I didn't know that per se, or I didn't know how that applies per se. Yes, everyone says, oh, you can't do it by yourself. You need to get help. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I've got help. No, you really need partnership. You need help from everyone around you. You need help from your current clients. You need help from your vendors. You need help from your staff. You need help from advertising platforms. You need help from the locals in the area. You need help from everyone almost. It really takes a village to succeed. It really takes a village to make impact. Like a lot of times when I'm meeting with vendors, I'm like, hey, we're working together here. You know, work with me. Um, whether it's you know, being patient when I'm yelling or whether it's, you know, getting out of the way for someone else to have their um, moment you don't ever their yell. place. Let's just well, <laughs> I did, I've done a lot of events. I, okay. I try not yeah. to. I think um, my yelling is internal. No, okay. <laughs> it's in my head. The little people yeah. in my head are like, <laughs> and um, I've just learned a lot that I can't do it myself. And I think I tried to do a lot um, myself at the beginning because I was used to that. It's kind of, it's on you, but I learned that it's better when there's a lot of people. And you've definitely, you told me that, I think it was about a week or two ago. Mm -hmm. You was like, Thomas, you know, you got to start, let go of some things. Yes. You were telling me how you let go of a lot of things. You have other um, planners and coordinators now mm -hmm. in your venue other yeah. than just yourself. Your staff has gotten much larger as mm -hmm. far as your um, waiter staff. You have a, um, I'm not sure if it's one or two like floral designers that kind mm -hmm. of, um, sit within your uh, venue so that is and social media yeah that was the recent yes. as well social media person absolutely and so and that's one of the problems i have is letting go and uh mainly for my um film business is myself i do all the editing <laughs> I um, every, all I the editing how you do it and then but, but my you know i have assistants who help me on day of for okay. events like my wife and um, a few other uh, guys who um, assist me, but mainly social media. It's all me. <laughs> um, and so I would love to start letting go. So how do you do that? How do you, how do you, what was the first step for you? And just saying, listen, this is maybe not too much, but I could do more if mm -hmm. I had help. And so what was the first step in, in going into getting help? I broke down. Okay. I was forced. I was just like you saying, oh, I can't get the right help or they don't do it as good as I would. Or I just I had every excuse in the book, which were valid, but I was forced. I literally broke down. I could not do it anymore. I wouldn't want to get up and I was forgetting things and I disappointed one client because I forgot a basic thing. And I realized, wait, like. Actually, no, it was one of my coordinators. Yeah, one of my coordinators at that time, she looked at me. 
you do know that you no, I was okay I was beating myself up like man I can't believe I forgot that that's so basic and she looked at me you do know you juggle a lot right I'm like yeah but I shouldn't she's like I'm surprised you haven't forgotten 50 other things and I'm like oh really she's like yeah you really need help and I'm like yeah I do but I can't find the right person um so I I was open to um delegating when it came to the front end because I felt that if you even if you mess up there it's not on the day of you know it's not through the planning process so I told myself like okay which one can I not let go of like I've got to maintain the quality and all of this so I was open to um getting help and someone who had offered months ago or a year maybe a year ago as you saw like hey were you serious um I met a girl at a conference and she says you know I know someone that would be perfect to help you out I'm like yeah so I said hey were you serious She's like yeah I'll set up a lunch I'm like let me just date her <laughs> let's see if we get along um because it's personal yeah. for me mm-hmm. and lunch was as if I had known her for months and I just met her five minutes ago and we had another lunch and then we had another lunch and I'm like, hey, well, let's talk and let's see. And I still shadowed over her <laughs> for months. But because it's a trust thing. Yeah. Right? And really that's what's is. hard for me is, you know, really I, I have tried to have someone edit for me mm-hmm. once or twice and it didn't work out. Didn't work. And so how did you and I know you said you shadowed her, but how did you kind of let go? Is it finding the right person to trust or is it putting processes in place so that you know you kind of keep them on a set path like like what is it uh, about like finding someone to trust because it's hard for me too you know perfectly honest another incident Mm. happened and i had to um so i had to leave town for a while i was dealing with some family issues and i didn't have a choice but to leave her with things and in my head i'm like as long as she doesn't burn it down i'll be good but to my surprise she stepped up so i was away she would email me she would follow up with me and i'm like huh well i didn't expect that that's awesome um she would keep up with the clients and meet them and show them and i'm like okay you know if she filled in she went above what i expected when i had to leave i literally had to leave and the last time i had to leave the business it was shut down for two weeks nothing happened but then this time around things kept going so Maybe I did find the right one, um, but I didn't have a choice but to let go because I had been, found, yeah, I had mm-hmm. been over her doing everything. Like, let me check the email. Let well, me say so you let found me another one too in the social media, exactly. Person as well. So and how someone did you go referred. about that? Someone referred. Well, that okay. one. I'll be honest. It ended. It's. It. It didn't go well because I'm still all yeah. over and on top of it. Like mm-hmm. uh, I don't like that, and I don't like this, and I, it's. I'm learning. I do have trust issues and I think because it's personal, it's my brand, it's my baby, yeah. it's everything that I've got right now. It's like my legacy. And I just think that that's where it comes to play where you find the the, the right match. It's like dating, um, but it's business. And I think personality wise is where that trust isn't there yet because she is very well versed in what she's doing. But I think we just... We don't gel so i'm still hovering yeah um but i would say that i know that i need to do better it's just hard to do better yeah. well uh, another thing I, I would like to mention uh, it, it's on the same uh, topic but a kind of side note mm-hmm. is that 
that's what getting help is why I tell a lot of new entrepreneurs and new filmmakers, photographers or whoever in the industry that you have to charge what you're worth. Yes. Maybe even a little bit more than that so you can so actually you can afford get help. Yes. to to get help. And so like I said, my, my problem has been the trust, you know, mm. issue that I'm gonna have to get over and letting go. Like, you know also I mean it's okay not to stick with people that you don't trust. Okay. I yeah. think what's not okay is not trying to mm -hmm. find that person that you can trust. So you don't want to be just trying to mold this person no. who's not working out no. into the perfect. As no. soon as you see some red flags. Not as soon as. No, no not as soon as. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I have. Not as soon as. That's <laughs> why I was telling you that. Not as soon as. You've got to give it. I, I, I've always had it in my life with everything. Three mm -hmm. strikes, you're out. Okay. You've got to give not chances. Strike. Not no, one okay. strike. It's three strikes. You're I think out. I give two. <laughs> Let's give one more. <laughs> but once they're out, don't hesitate to try someone else. Okay. Don't hesitate. Like, that's the issue. I think that even me, I had an assistant before. And as I'm speaking here, that's what came to my head. Like, Patoke, you're so wrong because you have not tried to get another assistant. And I know I need one so badly. But it just... I didn't try. I didn't try to look for somebody else. I'm like, oh, yeah, she moved, and then it didn't go so well, and now I'm like, I don't like existence. I need one so badly. I've got 300 emails right now that I haven't checked. Come on. <laughs> I, I totally get it. Um, for me, last Thursday, I think I may have told you, but I finished, I finally finished all of my, you know, edits that I had owed for 2018. Nice. And... um like, well, for six hours, because then I had an event at your venue, <laughs> like six hours that after I got done. So I was like, I don't owe anyone anything in the world six hours. But then I have two YouTube channels. You're doing um, a lot. I have uh, corporate video stuff that I can do. And I can do so much more if I had help yes. with the editing uh, side of things. I could do so much more. And um, like even my other YouTube channel, I haven't posted for like uh, four weeks. But I have I Is filmed that already. Is one? Uh, yeah, but, you know, I kind of switched that one to filmmaking okay. now. So for the past, like, I guess, like 13 weeks, okay. um, I had put in uh, new filmmaking videos. Um, but, you know, I have six films that I've already filmed. I just don't have time to, you know, edit. I hadn't had time to edit uh, because I have all these other um, projects for my wedding business. Dad's so. thing to edit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I got that done right, right away. Yeah, because I didn't owe anyone. Way in you know, time, too. Yep. I was going to wait till November. <laughs> yep, yep. I got it done like within a week. Yes. Yeah, because I didn't owe anybody yes. anything. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, so I, I'm going to try to be better that as well. So let me ask would you think um, possibly after owning a venue for three years that you uh, would uh, maybe uh, go after multiple? like venues or is it I've learned a lot from this so mm -hmm. there's quite a few things I would change mm -hmm. but yes I would not put a limit to it I do believe that there is great potential in owning a space I just think that um start small <laughs> which I didn't I would definitely take that model and then also I think that understanding how frequent the industry changes and being able to allow that happen in that space mm. is very important. Um, that can't happen in the space that I'm in right now. And I didn't start small. So if I do venture out, which I'm very open to, if this succeeds beyond my imagination, absolutely, I will 
I would just take a different model and approach to how I do acquire, whether it's another space or um, expand um, the current space. But I think I think it's well, let's it's talk got about a lot your of space. potential. Yeah. Let's talk about your space. Uh, why don't you kind of walk um, the people who are listening and the people who are watching yeah. <laughs> um, through your space and okay. kind of uh, what it entails? Well, the beauty about Suwada is just the eclectic nature of it. I mean, there's no venue like it, not in Georgia. And well, I can't speak outside Georgia, but <laughs> none like it in Georgia. Um, you walk in and you have the option of having a party room. It's the swanky lounge that you really want to go to in Atlanta, but you don't want to because it's full of smoke and it's full of people hopping on tables and bottle popping. But here you get it in a privacy setting. It's like you create your own. Club yeah. Night. And it really is private. Yeah. We did. Um. Portia Williams from The Real Housewives, exactly. I filmed there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, you didn't have to worry about, you know, you don't people, worry about ongoers, people paparazzi or anything. Yeah, none of that. It's really private. It's like yeah. a little hidden gem yeah. in the heart of Buckhead. And then you have the option of doing the elegant reception or ceremony in our ballroom. It's draped, it's bright, it's really lovely. And when you walk into the space, you just feel that you're in this you know, ballroom space. So it's like, how do you have the best of both worlds right beside each other? Um, where you can literally say, I'm either using both. So we have the quaint ceremony and we have the, you know, intimate reception and then we go party. And you have upstairs and downstairs. We've got upstairs too. and downstairs. So when we deal with small events, we've got a lot of corporate that come in for their wind down Wednesday and they only use the loft space. And we have those that want to do their bachelorette party and they only use the loft space because you can have 30 people or less and you still feel like you're in your yeah, custom made basement. There. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a bar, there's dressing rooms and just the decor preset in there is very homey. So you don't feel like you're in this hotel lounge. Yeah. <laughs> You feel like you're in your rich neighbor's basement. <laughs> so the the beauty about the whole thing is when you walk through the entire venue, it's like a different experience. And based on the type of celebration you have, you can cater to, it can be catered to that need. And then it has the options of being customized, whether you want to bring in your men on stilts or you want to have snow falling from the ceiling, those all can be accommodated in the space. So I think it's really great to be able to have all of that in one space. And, well, and we can't forget the big tree area. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Our Suwada tree. Yeah. Um, the history of the tree is that a local artist um, carved it out at an art gallery, which was previously in Monroe Drive. And that tree was transported <laughs> to Suwada. And I think the roots of it, at least when I met the tree, I saw it more as sort of that tree of life and new beginnings and the name suwada actually means new beginnings and i think with all that we do i've come to see that regardless of what celebration you have it's the start of something new it's the renewal of something new it's the commemoration of a new phase in life um so it just works perfectly within that space. So yeah, our tree is the only thing that doesn't move because it's it's rooted and grounded 
in all those values. And so, and then you have next to that tree area where you normally do cocktail hour, mm-hmm. you have like another dance floor yes. area with the stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well. a lot of yeah. bands love it. Corporate events love it because then you have the cocktail hour area where people are hanging out and you've got a nice party dance floor right beside it. You've got the stage right in front of it. So you're able to be in the action and be away, but still connected that's why the beauty of the whole lounge is despite the three spaces they're all open and connected noise travels you feel connected you can see the angles so a lot of couples that do choose to have their reception there they can do their first dance right there and everyone can see some birthday parties that we do they do their entrance coming right down the stairs into all their you know paparazzi and um, everyone can see and feel connected but you still have the opportunity to find your own place within that space well, oh, I rhymed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I was going to say thank you so much oh, for, you for coming having. on. I'm really uh, been excited about this podcast. Been wanting to do it for a while. I know. I probably could have done it sooner <laughs> if I would have had help. Like yep. you said, we can't do it alone. So we need to put that yeah. at the top of your list. Got to do that. Yep. I'll make it once I get help. I'll update the podcast and tell them. Uh, you know, kind of what I've done yeah. uh, to get some help. And tell them what difference it's, it's making. Made. Well, they'll know because they'll see, they'll see more, more podcasts <laughs> and more podcasts, more videos. Yeah. So, um, but thank you so much. And thank guys, um, what can everyone follow you at? Okay. At Suwada Studio, S-U-A-D-A Studio on Instagram, on Facebook, on Pinterest and com. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed listening in today, consider subscribing to the podcast. See you next time.